Okay, something I've opened up about a little bit, but honestly need to talk about more is how much PMS really affects me. It's definitely worsened over the last few years for me, and it can honestly take me down for a few days every month. That's why if you struggle with the same thing, I could not be more excited to tell you about today's sponsor, Jubilance, and they're offering my listeners $10 off with the promo code HAPPIEST. Jubilance is the leading evidence-based scientific approach to PMS relief. They're backed by scientific and clinical trials that are placebo-controlled and showed significant relief of PMS, anxiety, irritability, sadness, stress after just one month of daily jubilance. I feel all of that on such an intense level when I'm PMSing and their mission is to help menstruators live symptom-free because no one should have to suffer every month. Try jubilance for $10 off by visiting jubilance.com happiest or use the promo code happiest at checkout. That's J-U-B-I-L-A-N-C-E.com slash happiest for $10 off. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Something that's so important to stay aware of in sobriety is how our social battery is doing. I really noticed in my early sobriety, I had basically no social battery and I needed a lot of time to recharge after being social. Even at this point in my sobriety, it can still be hard to set boundaries and to know when to say no and put my own needs first, especially at this time of year when the weather's getting warmer and social gatherings might be picking up. That's where therapy can be really helpful. Whether you struggle with setting boundaries, people pleasing, or you're trying to process all the emotions you're no longer numbing with alcohol, therapy gives you the tools and positive coping skills to work through it all. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. What I really love about BetterHelp is that it's entirely online. All you have to do is fill out a questionnaire and you'll be matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime with no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com happiest today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash happiest. Hello, everyone. I hope you're all having not only an amazing week, but an amazing summer so far. Um, This episode is coming out tomorrow, which is August 1st, so we're officially into August. The summer has been flying by. I don't know where it's gone. I have had a really busy summer. Honestly, the busiest one of my life so far. I've been traveling around a lot. So I went to, I've been to New York like three times since kind of like spring and this summer. Um, I did a weekend in Quebec. I did a few days in a little beach town a few hours outside of Toronto called Grand Bend for my friend's bachelorette. I went to Atlanta for the weekend a couple weeks ago and I was just in Denver last weekend. Um, So I've kind of been all over. It's been busy. I've been traveling a lot. So I thought I would chat about that today, kind of chat about sober travel, kind of little like sober getaways, Um, share just kind of some reflections and some tips for you. Um, We're in the last month of summer, kind of. um, So you might have some some little weekend getaways planned um, for the end of the summer. So yeah, I just thought that I would chat with you about this today. Um, And here's the thing is that for me, for going on even just little like weekend trips or going to like a cottage or, you know, whatever, drinking was always, always, always the main event of that for me. It was the thing that I was excited to do. Like obviously I would be excited for the trip itself and for the getaway but like to me the main focus of it the thing it really revolved around and the thing that I got most excited for was for the drinking that would take place on the trip 
and you know I've kind of shared this before about sober travel but the main thing that really sticks out to me when I compare the two is that when I used to drink and travel I was never fully present for anything I was doing because I was either drinking or drunk, which obviously means I wasn't fully present. But also in the times that I wasn't drinking, if I would be doing a sightseeing thing or, you know, an activity or whatever, I would not be present for it because for me, the fun didn't start until I started drinking. So if I was doing something where I wasn't drinking, I would kind of just be like mentally rushing through it because I would be like, okay, yeah, but like, let's get to the fun part. Let's get a drink in me. Like, or I would even skip things sometimes because for me, the fun part was drinking. Like I would go on trips and kind of spend them just like patio hopping, drinking wine, drinking all day, probably having mimosas at breakfast. Um, And so I missed out on a lot and that's my absolute favorite thing now about traveling sober even if it's just like a little weekend getaway is that there's nothing pulling me out of the moment like that like it's not even just about drinking taking me out of the moment but it's about the fixation on drinking taking me out of the moment so if I'm on a really nice walk or a nice hike or I'm hitting coffee shops going out for breakfast like seeing pretty views like I'm not I don't have one part of my brain that's like excited to go drink like kind of rushing through it to get to the next thing because I just am excited to start drinking Um, and that is such a gift in it for me and it's such an amazing feeling to know that I'm finding like I'm having fun and finding joy and happiness from the actual experience itself it's not coming from the alcohol and I'm actually fully there for everything I'm experiencing because I'm not just excited to go drink afterwards So that's really been the rewarding thing about it for me. And I think the other thing too is that like there's a lot of like even planning and energy that has to go into drinking. Like whether that's arranging your rides or like having to go make sure you have enough alcohol on hand, picking up booze, going to the liquor store, who's going to drive, how are we getting there, are we leaving someone's car here and then taking Ubers, like all just there's a lot that has to go into it and even just like being with other people and worrying about them keeping up with your drinking. Like I've had that thought before where I've, hung out like a lot of people in my life drink but just aren't big drinkers and as now a sober person I'm highly aware sometimes while I'm with them like oh my god if I was drinking with them right now I would be really stressed about the pace of their drinking because they aren't big drinkers and so even not doing the mental gymnastics of like oh my god I wish they'd drink quicker so that I could go drink like when I went to a bachelorette in Grand Bend for instance um my friend the bride is not a big drinker she only had a handful of drinks um both of the nights that we were there and I was really able to take in like oh my god if I was drinking I would have been way drunker than her I would have been the drunkest one here and it probably would have felt stressful for me to not have someone like keeping that pace with me like it's not just about the time wasted drinking and being hungover it's also about all of the mental space and energy that it takes up and then of course not to mention being hung over the next day like being in a new place on a trip you have put time and effort and money into planning this trip and into being somewhere new and it is such a shame to waste away the day feeling hung over 
like to to really think of it that way when I used to drink like all the money I spent and like it's a cool experience to get to go be somewhere new and see new places and do new things and for like to make your whole day a write-off whether or not you make it out like even if you know it's one thing if you're like hung over in bed and physically cannot get up and get going but it's another even if you do you're not enjoying it when you're feeling like shit physically and then also probably riddled with all of the shame guilt anxiety everything that at least for me always accompanied a hangover um it really 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 wrecks what in my opinion is one of the best most fun cool parts of living is getting to like get out and explore somewhere new um and it's just so funny because I never ever saw it that way at the time because my whole entire definition of fun and of just like pleasure and enjoying life was completely centered around alcohol so I never would have seen it that way in my drinking days but now looking back I'm like oh my god drinking while traveling is such a waste but it was the thing that when I got sober I was like how am I ever going to travel again? It's not going to be any fun at all. Um, And it's really, really cool to see that shift because it is one of those things that like you just don't know how good it can be until you do it. And that might mean that the first time or the first few times or the first several times feels hard and feels challenging. But like once you get to the other side of it, it really is so much better. It's so much better. And that's really just such an important point that I want to make is that like, on these recent trips and you know I've been I did two bachelorettes one in New York and one in Grand Bend I went to a winery at one of those bachelorettes we were on a party bus I did a full episode on the first bachelorette in New York that you can go back and listen to but um yeah doing all these things I've went to so many different bars and drank mocktails and like I've really really noticed that on all of these trips like alcohol really was not much of a thought for me and that's been a real shift for me this summer and keep in mind it's my third sober summer I'm actually um I'm gonna be a thousand days sober uh in less than a week so it took me time to get there and I never ever ever in my early days I never would have thought that I could get to a place where I could like go be out and traveling and not really be thinking about the fact that I wasn't drinking but that's really what I've noticed this summer and I don't say that to like toot my own horn or anything I say that to say that if you're feeling that way if you're like there's no way I could ever get to that point I once believed that too and I've proved myself wrong and you can and you will do the same it's just one of those things that it takes time it takes trial and error it takes feeling some uncomfortable feelings it takes getting through some hard days um, but it really 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 does shift over time and then there is just absolutely nothing more rewarding than getting to see those shifts and for me just like the most rewarding thing is really noticing the difference of like I used to need alcohol oh my god I'm getting a bit emotional (laughs) I really did I used to need alcohol to have fun like it was where I thought the happiness in my life came from it was how I thought I had fun it was how I thought I connected with other people um And it's just not something that I ever imagined could be any other way in my early days. And that's what has just been like the greatest kind of joy for me, especially this year is realizing like that has changed. Like I'm 
doing things. I'm going new places. I'm having new experiences and I'm enjoying them for the experience and I'm not, you know, finding those good feelings in a bottle. I'm finding them in my life and in myself. Um, And it's a really great feeling, but it took time. It took time and (laughs) lots of hard days. Um, So all of that to say that if it feels sort of like unfathomable to you to be doing lots of busy things and traveling and doing like, you know, kind of drinking events like bachelorette parties or weddings without alcohol being a thought and without feeling FOMO and, um, you know, having fun without it. It felt unfathomable to me too at one point. So if I can do it and if so many other people can do it, then you absolutely can too, even if it doesn't feel possible. Um, Okay, I want to share a few tips for anyone who has some sober trips coming up. So number one, I and I've said this so many times, but reflection beforehand is so, so, so important. So before you go to get really, really, really connected to your why, to remember why you don't want to drink, write it out, put it in a note on your phone so you have it handy if you're having a hard moment and you need a reminder. Um, I think too, like think about how you want to feel, and this is really just playing the tape forward, but think about how you want to feel on your way home from the trip because if you're going into a trip where you're maybe it feels like a challenge and it feels kind of hard not to drink and maybe you're feeling tempted like you want to imagine how you're going to feel whether you know it's a road trip or you're flying on the ride back if you were to drink how you're going to feel and then imagine the ride back after having done it sober and how accomplished you'll feel and how proud you'll feel and how amazing it will be to have had all of these new experiences and be able to remember all of them clearly Um, it's just like such a contrasting experience of what the alternative would be so really really do a lot of reflecting beforehand and get really centered beforehand Um, my second tip would just be like when you're planning out the itinerary because for me I think in my drinking days I didn't make probably as many plans as I make now because the biggest plan was gonna sit my ass at a bar and drink lots of wine and get drunk and like that was what I was doing or even during the day patio hopping um, was a big part of it and I still do love patio hopping for mocktails but um, make sure that you're planning the itinerary with your sobriety in mind so do some extra research find fun things to do find things to do that maybe you wouldn't really make time for if you were just going to be there drinking Um, also make morning plans Um, that's a great accountability tool plan some fun things for the morning time it will be good motivation for you at night to remember that you do not want to be hung over for it Um, and that kind of leads into like And I said this in my Sober Bachelorette episode, but make every morning of your trip a mini celebration for yourself, whether that is like, you know, if you're traveling with drinkers, whether that's waking up early and sneaking out for an early morning walk to go like hit a coffee shop for yourself or whatever, just do something in the morning to consciously celebrate the fact that you are waking up hangover free on a vacation you get to wake up and seize your day and enjoy it and feel good and like take in the experience and just really embrace like I put time and money 
and effort and energy into planning this and I'm not going to waste any of it feeling shitty and I'm going to like be able to enjoy the day and be present for it. Um, So make sure that you're consciously really celebrating that. Um, Yeah, have a little kind of morning gratitude, sober celebration (laughs) plan for yourself, even if it's just a little internal one when you wake up in the morning. Um, It's important. It's important to celebrate ourselves along the way. Um, And then, of course, all of the ones that I've shared several times, you know, in like my Q&A episode and my Bachelorette episode is about, first of all, bringing alcohol-free drinks for yourself. If you're maybe on like a getaway with drinkers, bring yourself lots of drinks. Um, Have a little exit strategy for yourself if you are, you know, ready to call it a night earlier than other people to let yourself do that. Um, Don't feel any guilt about it on the fact that you're just having your own back right now. Your sobriety comes first. Um, Really just, I think, to really have that mentality of like, I'm going to take care of me first. I'm going to take care of my sobriety first if that means going home early if that means sitting something out if that means taking a little extra time for self-care like whatever you have to do um, especially when you're traveling with drinkers and then I think the last thing is really making sure to consciously compare in your head how this trip is going versus how it would be going if you were drinking like I think that's really helpful so even kind of what I said Um, earlier about you know being out at my friend's bachelorette and really consciously thinking like wow if I was drinking right now I would be feeling stressed that she's not drinking more like a moment like that and in the morning thinking like oh my gosh if I had drank last night I would be feeling really anxious this morning and I'm not or if I was drinking on this trip I wouldn't really be enjoying this hike right now because I would just like be ready to go start drinking you know just taking lots of moments to really take in all of the differences that make this better and it's okay even if it still feels hard we can still find kind of those little pockets of like gratitude for the suffering that we're not putting ourselves through Um, and I think that's really really important because I think it's just is a little reminder to stay grounded in the truth of what drinking was for us rather than um, wrapped up in this sort of like fantasy of it which we can all get kind of caught up in especially in something like travel where that is where drinking can be very romanticized I know it was for me Um, so I think those little truthful moments with ourselves um, to remember to feel gratitude for how much better it really is on this side of things so those are kind of my main takeaways and tips for Sober summer travel, (laughs) sober summer getaways. I did really quickly just want to touch on facing fears because this is a big part for me of traveling. Um, I've shared a few times now on this podcast that I have always struggled with a really, really terrible fear of flying. Um, And that was one of the number one things that when I got sober, I was like, I don't know how I'll ever do that without drinking because I used to a thousand percent use drinking as my coping mechanism for flying. I would get to the airport and just get as many drinks in me as possible before getting on the flight. Um, It was just my only way to calm my nerves it was just what I relied on to fly Um, and the idea of getting on a plane sober was terrifying to me Um, I did it for the first time last year it was awful for me I cried when we took off Um, and I really had like sort of 
a little turning point when I flew to Costa Rica a few months ago. Um, and then since then, I've been on, I guess, six fl- six flights, I think, in the last um, couple months. And it's gotten a lot easier. And I flew solo to... Um, I I flew solo four times in the last few weeks. I went to Atlanta and back and then Denver and back. Um, And that was very anxiety inducing for me. Um, I really have come a long way and I'm not going to get too much into it because I have talked about it a decent amount, I think, on this podcast. But I really have noticed that by drinking to manage my fear of flying, I wasn't letting myself get over it because I was never actually facing my fears. And flying so many times sober has made me, I'm like, it has chilled me out because I'm actually actively facing my fears. Like I'm feeling the fear and then doing it um, rather than just numbing my fear. So my flying anxiety has gotten so much better, um, which I never really entertained would be a possibility for me I just thought it was something I would live with and I really had just accepted the fact that like yeah I'm just gonna drink to fly forever um so that's been just so cool to see I still do get nervous for sure I'm still an anxious flyer but I'm not as terrified as I was before um but when I was gonna be flying solo um this this past month a few times Something that really felt nerve-wracking to me was the idea of getting to the airport and like navigating the airport myself, like getting checked in and through security into my gate and all of that. For some reason, it felt very anxiety-inducing. Um, and I did it. And then when I did it a few more times, then I, I just noticed how much more relaxed and chill I was doing it, um, which again is so cool to see. And that that is growth that I would have deprived myself of if I was drinking to get through it. Um, but I did just want to share. So I flew back actually just a week ago from Denver and I did talk about this on my Instagram story. So if you if you follow along on my stories on Instagram, you might have heard this story, but I'm going to share it here. I had a really, really, really awful travel experience coming back from Denver. Um, I was catching an early morning flight. It left, my flight left at, at, it was supposed to leave, (laughs) was supposed to leave around 10 a.m. I think. Um, And we, our our plane, they came on and said that our flight was going to be a little bit delayed because there was a mechanical issue with the plane. So right there, that made my anxiety go up for sure. Um, and then they ended up coming on not too long later and saying, okay, it's, it's all good. We can board. So we all boarded the plane. And shortly after we boarded, the pilot came on and said, I'm so sorry. Um, we, we thought that the, the issue was okay, but it turns out that they're actually taking this plane out of service. So we all had to get off the plane and wait at our gate for them to locate us a new plane. Um, and they did, and it didn't take too long. It, took, it was a lot quicker than I thought it would be, maybe like an hour, an hour and a half. Um, so then we ended up boarding a second plane. And while we're sitting there, there's this weird, we're not even moving. We're just sitting there. And then suddenly there is this big sort of like thud. Um, and then the plane, the pilot gets off the plane, I guess, to go check it out. So now I'm extremely anxious 
I already was more anxious because of the mechanical issues with the first plane and now something weird has happened on this plane. And so the pilot comes on and says um, that the grounds crew screwed something up. I honestly couldn't take in what he was saying. I was so anxious. I couldn't even take it in. But all that I could take in was that now they had to have a mechanic come look at this plane. And so we had to stay on it and wait. And now I'm kind of panicking because I am feeling like I don't want to take this plane anymore. Like all I wanted was for him to tell us, sorry, we have to get off this plane and get a new one. Like I didn't even care. I just, I was scared now to stay on this plane. (laughs) I felt like I didn't feel safe on it. Um, And that is not what happened. We ended up waiting for a while. They came and looked at it. They gave gave it the green light, I guess. And we ended up taking that plane. But I was so panicked. I actually just like couldn't stop crying when we were taking off. I was kind of mortified. There was a very, very, very sweet man sitting beside me. But I just like couldn't stop crying. I just felt panicked. And when we took off, it was a very, very rocky takeoff. And takeoff was always the part that is has always been the part that scares me the most um and it was a really rocky takeoff and I can't even tell you I was so convinced (laughs) that this plane was not making it to Toronto I was like where this plane's gonna go down like something something bad is gonna happen um and I haven't felt that level of panic probably since like the first time or two that I flew sober um and it obviously obviously everything was fine I made it back to Toronto um but I realized we were almost kind of had almost reached like altitude where we were just gonna then stay like after the after the takeoff and it dawned on me like oh my god all of this panic all of this fear all this anxiety and the thought of drinking hadn't crossed my mind and then it popped into my head that I was like, wait, through all of that, I hadn't even thought about like, oh my God, I wish I could have a wine. Then when I thought about it, I was like, damn, kind of wish I could <laughs> to not feel this fear anymore. But like, I think it just kind of speaks to how much it's been like I've taken it off the table for myself. And it's just a really cool when to see. And it's a good reminder that like things that feel freaking impossible, impossible to even wrap our heads around doing sober, we can do and it can become the norm. And like, even though I felt so scared, for me, there was no there was no other way around it other than like I just have to feel this fear right now and 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 do this thing that feels really scary. Um, And so that was like, even though it was a really awful experience for me and, and I will say like, it was one thing after the other. Once we got to Toronto, there were thunderstorms and we had to circle in the sky (laughs) before we could land. And then it was going to be a turbulent landing. It was just like all the things for someone who's scared of flying that could have gone wrong, went wrong. And it wasn't fun, but I did it and I did it sober. And even though those experiences are absolutely terrible to go through and it's awful in the moment, it is something that after is very empowering. Like facing fears sober is not easy to do um, and it's not fun, but you just get to prove to yourself that you can do it. And like the feelings that you once thought you could not bear, you can. Um, And once you realize that, like you feel pretty unstoppable because it's not about not being scared of things and not being like things not feeling hard. It's just about the fact that you can do them even though they feel that way. Um, so 
travel travel day from absolute hell it was awful but I did it and I did it sober and that was one thing that I never believed would have ever been possible so if you're listening to this and you have things that you can't imagine doing without drinking and you genuinely believe that you're not capable of doing them without drinking that was me with flying um so I can pretty much promise you that you can do anything sober (laughs) because if I can do that then there isn't anything anyone else can't do sober um and again I'm not at all saying this to be like look what I did but to say that you can do things that you don't believe would ever be possible for you because that was one of those for me for sure and I think it can be helpful to hear that from people because I I really was terrified (laughs) Um, and that's something I've always struggled with and it's just cool to see that like you can get through those terrible feelings without drinking through them it's not going to be fun but you can, and then you're going to feel really, really, really proud of yourself after. So I'm going to leave it at that. I hope that if you do have any fun kind of little summer getaways planned this month that you enjoy, Um, and I hope that you're just making the most of your sober summer and enjoying it, even if it's hard, that's okay, because it is all just absolute growth. Um, thank you so much for listening. If you are enjoying the podcast so far, then please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow me on Instagram at happiestsober. You can also subscribe to my newsletter at happiestsober.com. And if you want a little extra support on your sober journey or you want to be part of a sober community, then you can join my community. It's called the Happiest Sober Hub. Um, You can find it on my website, happiestsober.com or at the link in my bio on Instagram. And I will also link it in the notes on this episode. New episodes come out every Tuesday, so I will chat with you next week. I hope you have an amazing week. Remember that life's happiest when you're sober. Bye. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.